0: Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day.
1: Welcome, friends, to another exciting episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I had the opportunity to sit down with Daryl Strawberry this week. Daryl is a baseball legend, voted Rookie of the Year in 1983, and was at the top of his game in the 80s and 90s. Darrell won a World Series with the New York Mets and went on to win three more World Series with the New York Yankees. But life took a turn as Darrell got caught up in drug abuse, a house arrest, and rehab. He also battled cancer, not once, but twice. Today, life is different for Darrell Strawberry. His purpose and passion is serving the Lord by speaking messages of hope and helping others transform their lives through the power of the gospel. He is an ordained minister, best-selling author, and Christian speaker. His latest book, Turn Your Season Around, releases in January, and you can learn more about his speaking ministry at OutreachSpeakers.com. On this week's episode, Daryl and I talk about the most effective ministry element that really helped him turn his life around, and how it is unfortunately often overlooked. Daryl talks about helping people overcome their addictions, especially during times of crisis. He also shares some powerful and encouraging insights for pastors and ministry leaders, Such an uplifting conversation with a man who really loves pastors. So please join me now in my conversation with Daryl Strawberry. Daryl, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. It's so good to have you with us.
0: Good to be with you, brother. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, now I'm super excited for our conversation. And, and you've been um, very open and very honest. In fact, you have a new book that's coming out um, here in January, Turn Your Season Around. It really talks a lot about um, how God's been at work in your life. And one of the things that some of our listeners may not be aware of, that um, they know you for uh, an incredible World Series champion, right? Um, but they may not know that you struggled with um, drug addiction for several years. And I know in your book, you give a lot of credit to your wife, Tracy, uh, for really helping you turn your life around. In fact, you say that God used her to help you really make changes in your life that needed to be made. Can you tell us how you met Tracy initially and what is it that she did, um, in your life to help you during these challenging times?
0: Well, we met over a little bit over 21 years ago and, um, she's got 21 years of recovery. I have 17 years of recovery now. Um, uh, she was just getting clean and I was still in the midst of my addiction and, and we came together, uh, Two broken people trying to make a love affair, but I don't think it was love at first. I think it was lust at first. But, uh, you know, little did we know that uh, God would use her life, you know, because she had changed her life and started following the Lord. Uh, And I was still broken and I was still left out in the midst of addiction. And God would eventually use her uh, to be the leading me back to the Lord because I've been saved. I had got saved, radically saved in 1991. And um, I just never got discipled. Discipleship is so important. If you don't get discipled, then you go back to the familiar. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many people never hold on to uh, their conversion, you know, when they when they have one um, or encounter with Christ. And then they go back to the familiar because there's uh, there's no biblical principles. There's no foundation. And where there's no foundation, you will not last because the enemy comes immediately to deceive you and, and steer you back into your old ways and that's What happened to me for so many years, but the thing about my wife Tracy, she never went back. Um, once she got clean from addiction, um, uh, she stayed and she stayed with God and she kept moving forward. And eventually, God would use her uh, to lead me back to the cross, and then we would go on to uh get married and live, live right and, and do things right. Because what most people don't understand, you know, this is not an overnight miracle, it's a process. You know, we mm-hmm. we, we were in this process for for years, I mean, before I even got to a place, God before God even spoke to me, I had to sit for seven years to be discipled, and I'm so grateful. I sat for those seven years and as Tracy was growing, I was still um, coming along, and I was growing as God was developing me into who He want, wanted me to be, the call up in my life, and uh, I didn't know the call would be so crazy and so powerful, and He mm-hmm. would use it mightily. <laughs> it's just amazing what He will do. You know, once we surrender ourselves, and first right. you have to be persistent. First, you really have to be persistent and then you have to surrender. And I think that's what it was for me. Tracy was the cornerstone of who I am today. Uh, the Lord used her to lead me back to Him to eventually uh, uh, bring us together and, and bring us in ministry together and, and doing the incredible work that we've been able to do to help so many people.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that story of transformation and how God used Tracy in your life. Um, but, but I love, Daryl, that you brought up this idea of discipleship and how important and key that is. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of as as you've grown, as you've matured, and as you've been involved in ministry, you and Tracy yourselves, um, can you talk to us a bit about where you might see when it comes to discipleship, kind of, um, uh, you know, where things are maybe lacking? Like, what are some things that are missing when it comes to discipleship?
0: Well, well, first of all, I think uh, it's a good topic to talk about because uh, discipleship is so, so critical for a person to to be able to get that part um after accepting Christ and, and discipleship is more of, of what what is lacking like, I think is we try to put too many leaders in positions that's not ready they need to be discipled themselves too so I think that's the most important thing is make sure that your leaders is already have a really solid foundation that can lead groups and and I think it's important that we you know discipleship is more of like groups coming together than and people sharing the Word of God together, the leaders helping the younger younger ones come along to be able to understand the Word of God. Because I think a lot of times people pick up the Bible and they could read it, but they don't understand it. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the problem with the Bible, you know, with so many people and so many people getting into ministry, they don't understand the Word of God and and, and they think they have a hold of it because you have a, poof, a moment of feeling good, but you don't realize that the enemy's coming and he's going to come, and if you're not strong enough, and you haven't been grounded in the foundation of a discipleship group and learn the word of God. And that's why the Bible talks about my people perish because of lack of knowledge. There's no knowledge and understanding of the word and they need to understand it. They need to grow into who they are. It's not an overnight miracle where I want to be a preacher and I want to stand in the pulpit because I think most people don't realize standing in the pulpit is nothing to play with. The devil will put a chokehold on you. He will strangle you if you're not equipped. And I learned that early. Uh, when I got into ministry and people wanted me to come out and be a public speaker and I wasn't equipped and the devil put a chokehold on me and he darn near killed me. And it was because of God's grace that uh, God didn't allow him to kill me. And I was able to go forward and I went back and got discipled. And discipleship is really like going to Bible studies and studying and taking a note, notepad and, and, and listening to what is being taught to you in those groups and taking it home and reading it for yourself and studying it for yourself and examining things for yourself and i think so many of us don't examine the word for ourselves. we go by what someone else is saying we got to learn how to believe it for ourselves and to to achieve all the things that god wants you to achieve It's a process it's just like It's just like playing baseball, you know, if you don't have any discipline to train yourself to be the best, you're not going to be the best. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing in the God's word. You have to train yourself to be the best of you, not somebody else. I don't want to preach like somebody else. I don't want to be like somebody else. I want to be like who God made me be and learn to stay in my lane and be discipled and grow and then start believing the word for yourself and then start applying it to your daily life.
1: Yeah, that's that's great, John. I, I love that you talk about this idea of discipline and really digging in because you know we live in a, a society where we just like things quick you know what i mean that's uh, everything you know everything's instant right you know what i mean it's like and um but uh, and i love the analogy you use about you know sports and, and baseball like you don't become a world series champion overnight like <laughs> you put a lot of time and energy and effort into um becoming who you were as a uh, professional baseball player in the same way as we're looking at our life in christ it's not something as you said that just poof happens overnight i mean Jesus is real, and, and you know we get saved instantaneously. But that is just the beginning of a, a lifelong journey, where we're digging in, where we're embracing what God is teaching us, and as you said, where we are beginning to own our faith ourselves, and not just you know listening in on and maybe what other people are saying, but how is it actually transforming us as as individuals? And One right. of the things, Daryl, that you, you wrote in your book, and I love it, you, you have this great line about sin, and you have kind of this acronym um, for, for sin. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, the acronym for sin and, and how that can help us as we're looking at our lives as disciples?
0: Yeah, when we, well, first of all, we all have to understand we're sinners. We all fall short. And, and God's not looking for you to be perfect, uh, but sin evolves around our life when we um, allow it to just rule and reign over our life. And, you know, Romans six twenty three 23, for the wages of sin is death. You know, uh, we allow that to rule and reign over our life. We, you know, we when we constantly uh, live in it, uh, you can constantly live in it, uh, live for the worldly things and and the greed. And, and I want more of this instead of understanding that, you know, I, that's all, you know, that's all part of You know, living a sinful life, wanting to live a sinful life because what reason do we want it for? I think when we come to a place and understand that we're sinners and and we need a savior and we and we need grace every day. And then we understand grace. You know, I think too many of us don't understand grace. Grace is something you cannot earn. Grace is something that is not owed to you. Grace is something that's given to you by God himself. And when you understand his grace, and understand that, that 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When you're weak, He's strong inside of you. So then when you know the operation system of that, you know that you don't have to participate in the sinful life, no matter what anyone says. Yes, we're gonna make mistakes, we're gonna fall short. But I don't live the life that I used to live. I don't live the life of lying. I don't live the life of chasing women. I don't live the life of partying. I don't live among that anymore. And you don't have to live among that. Uh, that was my sinful ways of living. Uh, and. And what what was the control? It, it's the flesh. When you know, when I allow my flesh not to operate spiritually and feed myself, guess what? It's going to operate fleshly ways in the natural way. And I think so many of us don't understand that. So stop trying to be perfect. He's not saying be perfect. He's saying be holy and understand that you're going to fall short. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and realize that I don't live like I used to live. I have had a transformation. I have had a Romans 12 too, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you be being transformed, you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to uh, when you fall short, all you have to do is ask God to forgive you because you've been given grace and now you can continue to move forward. I think so many of us don't understand grace enough. And I think we get stuck in uh, that sin part when we fall short in, this, in certain areas of our lives and stuff like that. But they don't remember that the grace was given to you. They don't understand that Jesus already paid the price on Calvary. He's already shedded his blood for you. Everything that could kill us, Jesus already killed. So when you start understanding that, and you really won't understand that until you grow into who you, who you are in Christ, I think when you understand Having the right identity of who you are in Christ will eventually allow you to grow into everything that God has created you to be. Like I said before, I didn't get like this overnight. God sat me for seven years. It was a reason for sitting for seven years because I was, always, I was coming from a worldly place and I had every worldly possession from homes, cars, and privilege living behind community gates, but I had nothing on the inside. I just accumulated a bunch of stuff. See, God wants you to. God doesn't want you to accumulate a bunch of stuff. He wants you to. He wants you to come alive in the Word, so you can learn to live. So you can learn to have victory and know that you have victory over sin because Jesus already defeated it on the cross at Calvary for you.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good, and that goes back to you know what you're saying about kind of this daily digging in as a disciple. Um, you know, if if you're if if you're feeling like, hey, I, I caught Jesus somehow you know what I mean? And I'm good. (laughs) Then that's, that's when we get tripped up, right? With, as you were talking about sin, you know, but, but whenever we're doing this consistent, as you said, this, we're disciplined as we are walking with Jesus. So every day we are investing in that relationship. Um, that's going to help us. Although there will be times, as you said, where we'll slip up, the enemy will trip us up. It's going to help us stay away from playing with that fire, you know, getting caught up in, in those sinful, sinful habits. You know, with, with everything, Daryl, that this year has thrown at us, you know, it's it's been a crazy year, um, no doubt. A, a lot of people are really feeling especially vulnerable and vulnerable to maybe returning to unhealthy habits, perhaps addictions that they've overcome or that they've tried to overcome. What advice do you have for these people who feel stretched and strained and stressed and that temptation – you know, to fall back to those unhealthy habits is, is so great. W- what would you say to them?
0: Well, I, I would just encourage them to remember that everybody has had a tough year. It's just not only you, you know, and and when you look around uh, the pandemic and, and all the issues that have, you know, come across the globe uh, for all of us has been a stopping point. And I believe it's God stopping all of us to say, who are you uh, mm. in the midst of all this? And, this is when your faith in you is really going to be challenged, you know, and this is when, you know, my faith has really been challenged too, just like everybody else. And uh, can you, can you overcome what we deal with in the natural and operate in the supernatural uh, of, of the spirit of God? And I think, I think for all of us, it's a very challenging time. And it's a very, for me, I usually travel like 250 times out of a year speaking and, And doing ministry and stuff like that and it was stopped and everything became you know internet and zoom and you learn to do it this way but at the same time i i went back to uh the basics you know when the pandemic came i went back to the word i laid saturated myself in the word and i laid with god and i covered myself with god so you know the temptations when the temptations and the desires come uh, to get frustrated. You don't get frustrated because my foundation is not built, you know, on, on, on sand. It's built on a rock, you know, it's mm-hmm. built on the rock of the word of God. And and, and that's what you have to come to. I, I'm quite sure a lot of young people haven't experienced that yet, but this is the greatest challenge for you uh, to say, uh, God, you're so good. And, you know, I'm experiencing a very difficult time and very challenging time, but I'm going to trust you, you know, and I think that's what Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 talks about trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what that text means. You know, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and hear direct your path. And see, I think when you don't know the word of God and you allow the enemy to slip in, which he is the deceiver, because Jesus told us that in john 10 10 about the thief you know he comes to steal kill and destroy and jesus is talking about i have come that you may have life and may have it more abundantly see what people don't understand abundant life is jason is peace joy wisdom knowledge power is far greater than the circumstances that we face and that's why you got to be so attached to the to the word of god that's why if you if you're going to walk this walk you're not going to be liked by a lot of people, really. You really start walking this walk because now you're going to start talking a different way. You're going to start living a different way. You're going to start living outside of the box that everybody else is in. You know, yes, we're all in a pandemic. COVID 19 is real and everything else is real. The racial issues and everything that we've dealt with in this country and everything that's been going on, it's all real. But also at the same time, what you have to understand as young leaders and pastors, the Bible is real. Mm. And when you when you grab a hold of that and live according to those principles and know that we're going to have some struggles, we're going to have some trials and tribulations, but we endure those, those that endure those trials and tribulations will, will renew their strength in the midst of that. So um, I've been able to renew my strength through this period of time, um, far greater than I could ever imagine, because God's got something greater for you than you can ever imagine or think.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's interesting. We know when we think of the pandemic and everything that's going on and, you know, with all the racial tension and election year and just just ongoing, (laughs) ongoing things. Right. And but to think about, you know, kind of, as you mentioned there, the idea that God is, you know, kind of kind of hitting the pause button in a way for for us to, you know, to say, hey, this is a time to, you know, to turn to me. Um, to dig in, uh, as we've been talking about, I think is super powerful. Um, love that. Now, Daryl, you've you've been um, doing ministry for for quite a while now. You've had the opportunity, as you shared, you travel pre COVID. You've been traveling quite a bit, speaking at um, ministry events at churches, and uh, you've gotten to know a lot of pastors um, over the years and had the opportunity to, to minister alongside of them and and in their communities. Um, as as you're thinking about pastors, you know, your pastor friends and and even those listening in that you may have not yet met yet. What advice uh, would you offer to pastors as they're trying to lead people, um, specifically those who have, might have a history of addiction, right, and have those temptations? What advice would you give to pastors right now as they're trying to lead those people during this time?
0: Well, I would just encourage those pastors just to stay in Stay and walk in humility. God is such a, a good God when one can humble himself and not exalt himself and be prideful. I think God likes a person that walks under the radar and stays in this lane and walks with humility and never make it about him, but makes it about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he has ex- exalted me so much. It's not because of you know my status from a, a baseball standpoint. God doesn't care about that. He cares about the heart of a man, David, the man after my own heart. Moses, you know, a speech impediment, walked with humility and meekness. God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out, out of bondage. See, he looks at the heart of who you are. He doesn't look at the problem that you have had. I had more problems than you can ever imagine. And here it is today. I'm an evangelist and I travel the country. And it's because of, it's because of my humbleness, you know, my humility for God. It's because of my love for God. Don't ever get beside yourself and think it's you. That sounds good. I mean, I think a lot of young preachers get in pulpits and they think because they sound good that it's gonna it's gonna move a lot of people but you your sounding don't move the devil you know Hmm. the devil is afraid of the anointing of god and he looks at a man that understands god more than anything than trying to be somebody else don't try to be somebody else be you're you're very unique you know i'm very unique you are too and god made you the way he made you and he's looking for one that's able to just really truly humble himself and, and, and study and saturate himself and stay close into what God has called him to do and and help people. And 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 one thing I want to say is don't be ashamed to tell people you've had addiction problems. Mm. You can never you can never help nobody if they think you up there preaching and you have it all together. You mm-hmm. gotta be <laughs> the thing I love about Jesus is Jesus shows all of us his scars and wounds. Why are we so afraid to show our scars and wounds? You know, if Jesus showed us his scars and wounds. See, this is the problem with us. We get to a place, we get a little cleaned up and we don't want nobody to know I've been through something. I'm glad everybody has known I've been through something because now I have a message to carry and a message that is not about me. It's a message about the grace of God that saves us and transforms us and brings us to a greater place to do his work. So if you guys, some of you are struggling in those areas, get over yourself. You're not that important. Okay. I'm not (laughs) even. So (laughs) I had to get over myself and and I had to really understand that the Bible and who God's called me to be is more important. And and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to show your wounds. Your wounds are your, your wounds are your greatest gift to give to somebody else that's still hurting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good, Daryl. So, so you've talked about um, humility and kind of this, this, um, sense of transparency about what God has brought you through. Um, what, what are some other things that God has taught you about yourself as you have been, you know, retired from baseball, now a life of ministry through ministry. What is it that God has really been teaching you about
0: Daryl? Well, I think he's, he, he's, he's taught me how to re- become a man. I think cause a lot of times we don't know, how to be a man we think we are you know because why well, I achieve all these great things well I have a family and I take care of you well, that's what you're supposed to do. that's what <laughs> God created us to do you know, <laughs> you know this is something God created us to do and, and and I I think what he what he teaches you is when you get to this place when a lot of you young pastors get to this place when when you understand this with God, when God can teach you it's not about you it's about the work that he wants to do through you uh then you'll know how to trust everything around you because that's what god has taught me to know how to trust i taught me how to trust everything around me because it's no longer about me it's about it's about winning souls it's about um, bringing others you know to to salvation and when we can get that because i think a lot i think what has happened in our society today um uh, a lot of the people want to preach, but they they forgot that it's all about winning souls and salvation. And I think God's helped me that, you know, that's the most important thing is I saved you. Now you go, you go help somebody else and save somebody else that they can have a transformation in their life and they could be on their way in a new journey. So if we can get back to that and remember it's about salvation and, and, and in a time like this, because when you think when we're in a time like this, um, Jason, everybody's scattering all kind of ways right now, people mm-hmm. and loss, and they need to see people that really stand real for God. You know, you don't have to be preachy, preachy, preachy. It's your love. You know, when God gives you the love that he gives to you that you go back and give to somebody else, that's what God is looking for believers to do is bring about his love.
1: Yeah. I love that. And that, that kind of refined focus. And because like you said, I mean, there are a lot of distractions right now and the enemy loves to distract us. Right. I mean, that's (laughs) the enemy could distract us and get us off um, off mission. Then the enemy wins. I mean, the enemy doesn't have to to get us to you know uh, do anything crazy. Although the enemy
0: does that at times, but all the enemy tries to do is
1: get us off mission, right? Just to distract
0: us. But I love what you say about he likes to make you think it's about you, you know, because yeah, you know, all of a sudden you can you can preach a little bit, you, you sound good, you and then what happens is uh, the the ego of a man the, the the man gets destroyed if his if he, he doesn't let God destroy his ego because the ego is a three letter word. Ego, easing God out. Mm. So if you can remember that when you stand up there, am I easing God out? Am I making this about me or am I am I focused on making it about the word of God? And and once a man starts getting into his own ego about himself, um, then he loses sight. He loses sight of what the call is all about and he loses purpose, you know, the purpose of, of being a pastor, a leader, and stuff like that. A pastor and a leader is someone God puts in a position. Like you know, evangelist. He puts us in a position to go love people. Mm. <laughs> you, we can't forget that. You know, it's not about it's not about a, a title. He, the, the, the title is his title. The gift is his gift, and he gives it to you to go love people, so people can see God in you. Yeah, that's good. I love that. It's beautiful. So Daryl, God's taught you a lot about yourself
1: um, through, through your ministry. What is it that God has, has revealed to you about himself as you've been serving as an evangelist?
0: Well, I, I think he reveals to, he reveals to you that if he can trust you, if he can really trust you, you know, and this is one thing that I love about him, you know, we'll, if he, if he can trust you, he can use you mightily for his glory, you mm. know, and it's, it's the trust. It's the trust factor that he has to have with you. Because I do I do know one thing that God knows. If you're not equipped and you're not ready, and he knows that you, if you get in a pulpit and you think it's about you and you think you, got, you have it going on, he knows the enemy's going to kill you. Mm. You know, and I think so many young pastors don't pay attention to that. They get besides themselves, and then all of a sudden they get lost. And because – God, you know, God has not been able to trust you with the little. If he could trust you with the little, I didn't trust you with definitely with much more in your hands, you know. And I I think so many of us, I I think i learned that over the years, you know, as, as I wanted I wanted God to be proud of me. I didn't want to be this failure anymore that I was, you know, from a worldly standpoint. And I wanted him to be proud of me. Well, how can he be proud of me? He's proud of me because he can trust me. You know, he could trust that I'm, he could trust that, he could trust when nobody's looking that I'm going to be saying the right things and I'm going to be doing the right things. And I think that's really what's important for all of us.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's a good word, brother. Um, As we're, as we're wrapping up our time together, what, uh, do you have any words that you'd like to leave with the pastors and ministers who are listening today? Maybe words of encouragement, um, maybe something we haven't touched on yet?
0: Um, Yeah, I just, I just want to encourage, I just want to encourage you to believe that. You know, this is uh, this is the highest calling that one can receive. Uh, Keep your eyes and your focus on the kingdom of God. Uh, Don't don't look. Don't look at the outside. Don't look at the natural uh, of of what we live in. It's just part of what you have to go through. Uh, But keep your eyes on on the kingdom of God and what's really important And, and, and never get. Never look back. I mean, too many of us look back, I think, more than anything. Jason. So a lot of people look back, well, say, if I could have, should have, would have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So many can't get to the new because they're still looking at the old. Mm-hmm. And they still hold on to the old or what used to be, wish I could have, should have. That's over. I could say, wish I could have, should have, I could have, if I could have lived a, a different, different life, <clears throat> excuse me, a different life uh, playing baseball, I could have probably made another 50, $60 million playing baseball, but guess what? I wouldn't have never met Jesus. So hmm. the greatest thing is I met Jesus and I ended up in a wholly different place. I might, I might not end up with, all the earthly things anymore, which I don't care because it's meaningless at the end of the day When King Solomon. When you read about him in the book of Ecclesiastes, it all means nothing at the end of the day under the sun without God. Now you get to understand the Bible and you get to move forward and you get to move forward into the new because God has something new for you every day. Every day you spring up and you worship God and you honor God, God's got something new for you. Yeah, I
1: love that. I love that. It's a great word, brother. Man, it's been so so good to hear from you. We love to sit down and we could talk for hours and just have you speak into our lives. Um, but man, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us and speaking to our audience and uh, really encouraging us. And your story is a great encouragement, how God can take someone and transform them. And and like you said, whenever we're, we're faithful, when God can trust us, when we can be humble, when we know it's not about us, but it's all about glorifying Him, He can do amazing things. And your life is, is a testimony to just that. So, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Jason. I appreciate it.
1: All right. God bless you, brother.
0: All right. Bless you guys, too.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the Faith Play app available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out Faith Play. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well.
0: You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.